So small groups, there's a couple of small groups I want to encourage you to go to. There's the Sunday morning one here at church, which is, I think, walking in the footsteps of the Messiah for, for all ages, all, all uh, men and women. So come enjoy that. That's really great. And then you also have the one on Tuesday night where they're going through the, the, the story of the, the series of The Chosen, also excellent. I think those are the only two small groups at the moment, but we are looking at getting some more ones for next for for the next quarter, starting in January. Some of them I think are going to continue. I think maybe the coloring one will. I know that there's a knitting-ish one that's probably going to continue, but stay tuned for those. Um, I think that's all for small groups. Is that all of them? We haven't talked about good news for those who don't in a long time, have we, Joe? No. What does that phrase mean? Just to try, uh, so I don't, so I can stop talking for a moment. Sure. What a blessing for all of us. Um, yes. <laughs> no, the it, it was something I think that you and I, I think specifically you, it was just a phrase that we we wanted to share with people because um, it, it's a phrase without an ending, intentionally, so that we can tag something on the end of that. Um, good news for those who don't is. Um, the way I like to think about it is we exist to share the gospel with people who, are, who have a gap someplace in their life. And um, the, the, I think my favorite one is good news for those who don't need a bumper sticker, which sounds weird, but it's in many ways the way we engage with people tends to be at a bumper sticker level. I'm just going to hit you with a little bit of bumper sticker wisdom, but I'm not going to be engaged with you any, be, anything beyond that. And that we need to exist in such a way that says we're going to go beyond just the Christian tropes and engage in a relationship with you because that's how people are truly introduced to who Christ is mm -hmm. and what he brings to you in your life and in eternity. So they can get the hope that they need, so they know that they can know that they're loved. Yeah. If that's what it is, if it's peace, there's so many things that people need, and it's hard to figure out which which is the right word for what they need. For some people, it's they just need to know that things are going to be okay, that ultimately things will will work out because of yeah. Jesus, and that happens in the context of relationship where they can hear that word, and so that's what that's about. Um, so. Today, we are continuing our Advent series, and last week, if you remember, I talked about the Good Shepherd, and I wanted to begin this Advent season by reminding us of that God is for you, He loves you, He's going to take care of you, and I wanted to have that conversation before we have this one, which is about grief, which is, maybe that's, that, that sounds odd to you, to, to have that conversation about grief at Christmas time, but maybe it isn't, because for a lot of people, this is a grieving time. This is a time where they they miss their loved ones that have lost this year, their 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 friends, their husbands, in some cases, children, brothers, sisters. Maybe maybe it's that their 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 your kids are across the country, and you don't get to spend time with them. It's a, it's a time of grief, whether it's, yeah. So, so I wanted to talk about grief. And one of the things I often say about grief is we need to grieve, as, as Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 
he said, quote, I don't want you to grieve like the pagans who have no hope. So to put it in, in a positive sense, we need to grieve, but we need to grieve with hope, right? Well, how do you grieve then? And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to and it's not going to be the full expression of how to grieve. Maybe, Joe, on Wednesday we can talk about some other aspects of how to grieve. But here's at least one, and I want to teach us or remind us how to, to lament this season. Because this season is about remembering. Advent is about, we think it's about remembering Jesus' first coming and celebrating that. And while it is, but it's really about how that one is to remind us of the one that's coming. That he's coming back. That's what it's always been about from the beginning. Advent is about remembering that Jesus is coming back, his second advent. So we're going to talk about grief. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that this service be a service that gives people comfort. That you would help us to, to, to hear your, your, your kind voice, your loving voice, your voice that says, God, that, that my child, I love you, and it's going to be okay. I feel your pain. May we have hope today as we remember that you, Jesus, not just came, but you died for our sins and that you are coming back to redeem this world. Thank you for that. Help us to honor you with our hearts, with our minds, with all that we are, as we sing your praises. Father, I, for myself, I ask for vulnerability this morning. As we, as we honor you, we sing about who you are, we sing to you, that we do so without propping up any walls without trying to color ourselves in some other light that we're not, but to just be flawed and to worship you, recognizing our own frailty and our shortcomings. Thank you, Father. vulnerability Lord let's acknowledge how we have fallen short and let's think specifically about our earthly relationships too often we spend time looking at other people and saying this is it's their fault that we're not talking it's their, their fault we don't gather anymore instead just get past that as much as we can and forgive and at least communicate our love. And we love you. And we long to be with you. May we hear you this morning and understand how you are a salve to our grief.
Jesus, thank you for your, um, your resurrection and the hope that it comes. Father, thank you that you are un not unaware of what's happening. And that you came to fix, fix this very broken world. Pray that you would help us to, to hear your voice. Use me to speak to your, to your children. In your name we pray. Amen. When I was young, I really didn't understand grief. I don't know, what was the age that it really kind of hit you? Maybe it was the death of a pet. Maybe it was a grandparent. God forbid it was a parent. But as the older you get, isn't it true that more and more griefs pile up? And by the time you get to be a senior, you know that at your funeral, they'll have fewer and fewer people because they're all gone. We had, we had a 24-year-old funeral last night here. 120 people here. Because all of his friends were still alive. But the older you get, more griefs come, right? The thing is that, that I've learned over the last few years with the death of my parents is that grieving isn't optional. Not if you love somebody, right? And grieving is, that, that's all it is, whether it's a loved pet or it's a, or a friend or, or it's a grandparent or when grief happens, it just happens. And you really don't get an option. And I, and I really want to encourage you, you really don't have an option to whether or not you grieve. Your option is just simply how you grieve. Because if you love and you, and, they, and you don't have them, and maybe, the, maybe it's just that they're not nearby, you will grieve. Please hear me, you will grieve. It just may come out in ways like Addictions, maybe anger. Maybe it's depression, maybe it's withdrawing from people. Turtling up, as I call it, where you just don't want to deal with anybody because it's too overwhelming. Some way, you're going to grieve. So the question is, is, let's grieve well. Let's make a choice to grieve in a way that's good. Not live in the, in, in, in the, in the and, I, and I don't mean this meanly, the fantasy that it's not real. Because deep down we know it is. Grief just happens. So, how do you grieve? You know, the Bible talks a lot about grief. A lot. And it's, it's, it's this grief, this messed up thing of, wor of the world is why Jesus came. And so how do we grieve? And what I want to walk through something that I've talked about multiple times. And it's Psalm 13, and it's how do you lament. And I want you to think about things in your life. Maybe it's, it's small things. Maybe it's just something like, that your kids are, are, are moving away. Maybe it's that 
you've left a circumstance that's, that you, you don't want to leave. And maybe it's just remembering this time of year that you've lost someone. And let's think through this together. It's something I had to remind myself of just this last couple of weeks. How do I grieve? Well. And the first one here is just, is you just need to express your pain to God. And we can see that right here. This pattern is all through the scriptures. Guys, this is all over the place. Lamenting is about a third of the Psalms in the Bible. A third of the Psalms, of all the Psalms, are, have the same pattern, and they're all what's called laments. They're things that's, that, that, where, where, where the, the writer, David often, is expressing his, his, his sadness over something. And they have the same pa pattern. And the first pattern is he just, he puts his face, he lives in the face of God. He gets in his face and he expresses what's happening in his life. And then here in Psalm 13, it goes like this. Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with the anguish in my soul and the sorrow in my heart every day? How long will, you, will the enemy have upper hand? Do you hear the emotion there? Lord, how long must I endure this? We need to live, get into the face of God. And, and in the face, in, the, in, the, in two ways. One, in the, in the sense when you're angry with somebody and you get right in their face. You need to really get into God's face. He knows if you're angry with him. He knows. Do you think... That, I mean, unlike a human being, you could, be they, you could be angry at someone and they may not know. But God knows if you're mad at him. You might as well tell him that. Let's not be Adam and Eve and hide from God. He knows it. So get in this face in that sense, but also get in this face in this sense of when a toddler climbs up on their parents' lap and demands the attention. And you know what they do. They put their hands on their, on their, and their, and their face, right? And just gets right there. And, and, and they demand that you pay attention to them in those moments. Have you ever had that happen to you? Yeah. And sometimes it's your dog. Right? One of my dogs, Boba Fett, is so demanding. <laughs> he is, oh... He, he demands attention, and he will get right up in your faith, and he gets right in this ear, and just, he's like, you will pay attention to me. Get in God's face in that sense of, I need your attention, God. And then express what's going on. Tell him what you're feeling. You can see this here in other places, in, in, in other scriptures here. Yeah. Ooh, Look at all my notes here. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Get in the, in the attention of God and express your pain. You need to. But sometimes isn't it hard to know what you're really feeling? I don't know if you've realized that. I have. People will say, Brian, you seem grumpy. I am? Have you ever had a loved one tell, tell you that? 
What's wrong with you? And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. Oh, yes, there is. Sometimes you need, you need to take a moment and really figure out what it is that's happening. And it doesn't need to be long. You know, am I feeling anger right now? Am I feeling fear? Am I feeling sadness? What is it? There's been multiple times in, in, just in the last couple of years that I, get, I, I come to the end of the day and I'm like, I was grumpy today. What was it? Oh, this is an anniversary of this time I did this with mom and I didn't remember. You need to take the time one, listen to your loved ones, but also figure out what's going on. And why? So that you can then tell God, who already knows that you're upset about something. And say, God, this is, what it, this is what's happening. And it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be public. I know some of us, especially men, we don't want to express our feelings. Fine, get in your truck. Go driving somewhere. And as you're gripping the wheel... Yell at God. Cry if you need to. Nobody's going to know. But do that. Jesus cried, it's okay if you do. If God, Jesus can cry, so can we. And also I want to encourage you. You don't have to spend hours doing this. Even if it's for one minute, you're really honest with God. And you just live honestly and say, God, this is what's really happening. I really, really, really miss my mom. I really, 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 I want to talk to her and I can't. I miss this. I want to hear her voice. I want to hear his voice. God, and that leads us to the second one. You need to not express not just that, but you need to choose hope. And you choose hope by doing two things. One, starting with telling him what you want. Listen to how Psalm 13 continues. Turn and answer me, O God. Restore the sparkle in my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat over me. Saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I will trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord for his good to me. You see, you need to tell him what you want. Father, I, I, really, want, I really want to see them again. Even if you know he can't answer the, give you the answer, but you can at least tell him I want to see my mom. I want to see this. I want this. I want you to fix this circumstance that can't be fixed. Tell him what you want. Sometimes he can fix the circumstance. Sometimes it's like he'll fix it, but maybe not in the way you expect. But tell him what you want. It's a part of the expressing your feelings, expressing what you really want. But talk to him. Tell him, I need this to occur. But they, notice how it always ends with, 
I will sing to the Lord because you're good to me. It always ends in, but I'm going to trust that, you, that you're bigger than this. I'm going to trust that in the end, my story will end with joy. And sometimes that means you ignore your feelings. Now, you know, you know I have talked about feelings a lot. And let me tell you again, what I, feelings are extremely good at telling you exactly what you feel. They're really good. Don't ignore them. They're very good at telling you how you see and feel and think about a circumstance. But they're very bad at telling you what God thinks about it. And so if your feelings do not match what God tells you to feel about a circumstance, you need to choose what God says. So if God says there's hope and you're feeling hopeless, you got to say, my feelings are not true. They're real. It means my feelings are, are, I'm feeling hopeless. Oh, that's why I'm feeling. I'm angry because I feel like there's no justice here. I'm angry because, because this isn't okay with me. But God says, yeah, but there's hope coming. Okay, I'm, this is how I'm feeling, but I need to make a choice to say, I think, God, you're good, and you're going to fix this one day. Change your perspective. That's what these are. That's the, if I want to give you just a flow of these psalms, it's, it begins with, this is how I'm really at. I'm really angry. I'm really sad. I'm really frustrated with this. And it's, it's all about a movement towards end up saying, but God is good, and he's going to fix this. That's the movement in all, every single lament is it starts with this is how the reality is and I'm working myself towards to the point of saying, but one day I will sing. One day I will sing. This is what lament is. It's choosing to have hope in the middle of your pain. How can you, what is the basis for that? It's the assumed intentions of God. That God loved you when you were a sinner. That God showed his great love for us while we, by sending us to die while we were still sinners. That even in the midst of me doing stupid stuff, Stuff, let's be honest, we all know offends God greatly. And he still said, I love you in that moment. I'm going to send Jesus to die for you at that moment. So, it's, so your hope is not based on your good actions. It's based on God's. And so therefore, because of that, he says to you, you are his son whom he loves dearly. You are his child. You have Jesus' righteousness. And what is that? What will happen? In, and, and so this is what's true for your life. The end of Psalm 23. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, that's what you have to assume. You have to assume that God is for you in lament. It is what makes lament, Christian lament, different than all the others. We're not just singing the blues. We're singing hope to our souls. Because we believe the resurrection changes everything. Not just that there's hope for the world, but there's hope for me 
personally because of Jesus' resurrection. And so you come into this feeling the pain, feeling that you're trying to move your, yourself to the point of going, yes, but there is hope. There's a possibility of joy coming because of the resurrection, because God's intention towards you personally, by name, is goodness, even if you cannot see it. See, this is where the gospel and life re, and real life connect. Because we, we, we all know, especially if you've been around and you have a few years under your belt, you know grief and crud just happens in life, doesn't it? It all gets horrible. There's beautiful moments. And the older you get, they're punctuated and, and go, sometimes go side by side. Well, you have the birth of a grandchild and the death of a friend, and it can happen in the same day. Oh, but it is that that the gospel is about fixing in the world and giving us hope that it will be fixed. So, this is living out the implications of the gospel. This is how you live out the gospel in the midst of grief. You remember. You express your pain to God. Hey, there's all my notes. Ha! Yeah, you express your pain to God. You do things like, you know, as it says in Psalm 142, I will cry out to the Lord, I'll plead for mercy, right? And then you choose hope. You trust in his unfailing love. I want you to grieve well. Take some time, even if it's one minute, Get in your car, go to the garage, something. Because we all have something to grieve. We all do. You know, grieving is not optional. I know you want it to be. Unfortunately, it's not because we live in a broken world. So grieve well by expressing your pain to God and then choosing to believe the goodness of God will follow you all the days of your life. Do that this Christmas season. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the hope that you have laid into our hearts. And I just really want to pray for all, all of us who are grieving that, that you wouldn't meet us in that pain that you would help us to not hide from you that pain or from even from ourselves. But in that, in, that, in that pain, Jesus, I just ask that you would take your hand and lift us up out of that, that muck, that mire, and to set our feet on, the, on our solid rock, on the rock of your hope, of your sure promise that the story's not over, that joy is in the end. In your name we pray. Amen. This is a uh, hymn written by Fanny Crosby. She wrote many wonderful hymns, but this is one that's not well known. And she didn't write music. She wrote lyrics. Other people put music to it. Um, 
So what I'd like you to do, because it's not going to be familiar to you, you'll get familiar with it as we go through, but speak the words, just say them out loud as you encounter them, that way we can kind of receive those, those words. The, the, uh, the lyrics are really quite lovely. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and said, this is my body given for you. And then he went to the cross. And as Isaiah says, he was crushed for our iniquities. He was bruised for our sins. All of our griefs, our sicknesses, everything was laid upon Jesus so that we could be redeemed. So he could make anew the world. In the same way, after, after supper, he took the cup and says, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. That hope that we have is, is, is based on his righteousness and his forgiveness. Take and eat and drink and proclaim your trust in him that you believe that his hope will reign one day. The body and blood of Christ given for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the hope we have in you. Thank you for the joy that is possible because of you. Father, I pray that this season for all of us would be filled with nothing but peace and with joy. But for those who, who don't have that, be near them. Give them the hope that they need. Give them the peace they need in the through your presence. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I normally would end the service there, but we're not today because it's been a gloomy service. <laughs> so we're going to end with angels we have heard on high. <laughs> There's joy a-coming. <laughs>
Remember this week that as you grieve, there's joy coming. Because one day there will be a trumpet sound and the angels will fill the sky again. And Jesus will put an end to sorrow. Amen. Go in peace. See you next week.